When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. College can be a stressful time. I remember countless nights spent studying, sitting through class with little to no sleep, and struggling to get all my assignments completed before the due date. There were days when I needed a break, an escape. All college students feel this way. In fact, I think we can all agree, most adults feel this way. Sometimes we feel the world resting on our shoulders and we need that break just to relax and to let our minds just cool down. Ernest Jabawa said, free your mind, disentangle your mindset from what can set your mind from your true purpose. Dare when you have to, enjoy when it's a must, relax when there is a need to. The story I'm bringing you today started off as just that, a relaxing break from the chaos of school. A trip to explore the West Coast quickly turned into questions left unanswered and a grieving family. We like to think that we're untouchable, that riding that train alone at night is fine, that women and men disappearing only happen in movies, that it could never happen to us. We trick ourselves into saying, I'll just call my mom, my boyfriend, whoever, until I get back to the hotel, then I'll be safe. We let people know where we're going and when we'll be back. We keep in touch, we check in. We never think it will be us, but as today's story points out, it could be us. Think of all the trips you went on as a young adult, all the things you did that now, looking back, you're shocked nothing bad happened. As much as we plan and we plan, the unexpected and the unimaginable still happen. Despite all the planning, all the details we've put into place, things can still be out of your control. As much as we want to say, not me, it will never happen to me, how can we be sure? Our victim today, I'm sure, thought the same things, but her well-planned out trip left her family heartbroken and left us wondering, how? This is a story of Alyssa Lamb. cases where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams and my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the cases will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. 
With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm not going to lie. This story kind of left me a little spooked out. It left me with a lot of unanswered questions. And when we get into the meat and bones of this episode, I think you're going to see why. Alyssa Lamb was just like most college students, Allison. She was a hard worker, but like so many others, she felt at times overwhelmed by her workload. Oh, that was me. Yeah, I know we've all been there. Oh my gosh, I pulled so many all-nighters, it was ridiculous. I would take like, what is it, 12 or 15 hours is like normal, full-time. I would take like 18, 21. Yeah, Yeah, I was crazy. I think Anthony said that... One time, his freshman year, he was pulling an all-nighter and fell asleep standing up in front of his parents' refrigerator. Oh, I totally Because he had been so tired. Yeah. I know that we have all been there. I think back to my last year in college and how stressed I was to make sure that my grades stayed up. I was really striving for a 4.0, and I wanted to make sure that I had my life prepared for, you know, after graduation, which I didn't. (laughs) Anyways. Well, Alyssa was in desperate need of a break. She was dead set on making a trip from Vancouver, where she attended college, to explore the western coast of the United States. Not really sure what drew her there, but she wanted to go. Yeah. And like many other college-age students, she felt that she could manage the trip alone. Her parents, though, obviously, were dead set against the idea of her traveling to the United States and touring the western coast alone. See, this is—I guess I'm torn on this because I get it— why a parent would be super nervous because obviously your kid's going to another country yeah, literally alone. alone but like during college I did study abroad and That's so true. then I think you know that was an awesome experience and well I guess I technically wasn't alone because there were a couple of other students from my college who went at the same time but it's not like your best friends or right. something like that right so and that was a great experience so I guess I'm a little torn on this but I get their concern So, she is really insistent upon going, as we all would have been at that time, and finally her parents agree to let her go, as long as she promises to call them daily to check in. And she agrees, and so she goes. Oh, daily. That's a big promise, because, you know, you can get caught up in stuff, but I mean... Well, from what I've read, she does seem pretty responsible. Okay, so that's good. Yeah. According to the unsolved mystery behind the disturbing death of Alyssa Lamb... We know that Alyssa arrived in L.A. on January 26, 2013. Okay. 
She had just come by an Amtrak train from San Diego and was headed to Santa Cruz as part of this solo trip. Have you ever taken a train? Um, I've been on a train once, and it was like kind of like a historical thing. Like they hadn't mm-hmm. done it in a long time back in Eastern Kentucky, so my family went. But Anthony and I always do the metro when we go to like Washington. Yeah, I mean, well, trains. I don't know about the West Coast, but I know on the East Coast in the Northeast, trains are big and they're nice. So this was like not as sketchy. It doesn't seem like yeah. travel. It seems safer. Yes. From several articles I read, it appears that the hotel Alyssa checked into that night and never checked out of oh. <laughs> was not in the best part of town. Oh, so the, the travel there was fine, but yeah. the hotel... Not so much. Not so much. Which I guess we can think about it like as a college student, you're touring the West Coast. You're staying in places that probably aren't five-star hotels because you want to be able to do things. That's true. So she probably wasn't staying in the nicest hotel and... We really know that she wasn't. The Cecil Hotel was once a very happening place, but now that part of L.A. is kind of ran down. It's considered a rougher part of town. It actually has earned the nickname Skid Row. Oh, heard of that. Oh, see, I had never heard of it before. Yeah, this is not a place where Like you would just want your child to go. No. So, Allison, we know from hotel records that Alyssa checked into a shared room Okay, now, I've never heard of that in a hotel, but when I studied abroad, my mom came with me at the beginning of it to just kind of travel around for a little bit before classes start, and we went to Paris, and we stayed in a hostel. Well, that's what they compared this to. Okay. It was like a hostel. And so in it, there were just like bunk beds all around the sides of the room. I would never stay in one again. No offense to people who own hostels, but it was not what we're used to as Americans, and maybe that makes me sound really conceited, but I did like having some privacy, and that was a little... Well, it's funny that you say that because literally the next thing I was going to say was, you know, in a shared room, you obviously, I guess, are paying a cheaper rate, but you are staying with strangers, which is something that I would never do. And and like I said, the one I stayed in, it would, I mean, there were bunk beds all around the room. So there were many, many people in this one room. No. Mm -mm. So staying with strangers is definitely a no for me, but she wasn't scared of anything and checked into her shared room on January 26th. I know we talked last episode quite a bit about mental illness, specifically bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And I have to bring that up again this week, Allison, because Alyssa had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was taking medicine to help her. But she had started missing pills or just not taking them altogether. Okay, so it's kind of like we talked about in our bonus episode on Monday that if you're in that manic state, then you're feeling fine. In fact, life is great. So you're yeah. thinking, why would I take medicine if I'm feeling If I feel wonderful? fine. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and she used that to rationalize skipping doses and sometimes stopping her medication altogether. Alyssa, though, after check-in, ended up moving into a private room because I guess the people she was staying with complained to hotel staff that she had been showing some, quote, odd behavior. Oh, no. That sounds a little ominous. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but that's, hmm. So, I looked I looked and looked, and I never could find exactly what one would qualify odd behavior as. Right. But, I mean, if you're staying in a room with people you don't know, I feel like the littlest things could be construed as odd, you know? So, I mean, that might be true, but I feel like it would take a lot to freak me out enough. Because maybe I'm just too... 
kind of a person. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to complain on somebody unless it were something that I thought was. Like, you really got creeped out by. Right. So, it might not have been a lot, but maybe it was something that was, like, significantly creepy. Oh, yeah. So, nothing, like, super big, but, like, something like, Mm, she's yeah. A <laughs> so Alyssa did have a tendency to stay to herself, and she could be shy, especially when she was feeling overwhelmed. And to try to combat those feelings, several news articles stated that she would often take to writing to deal with her emotions. Okay. I mean, that's something that we can suggest to students. Yeah. Right? Write it out. It's super therapeutic. I mean, and just even for me, like, that really hit home for me because that's something that. I mean, I don't write as much as I want to because I feel like I just never have time and I can never make the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when Anthony and I had our miscarriage this past year, I needed to, you know, talk to someone, but I wasn't ready to talk to anyone. And so I poured my heart and soul out in that Word document because it was just a release for me. And so I can just picture her spilling her guts, her worries, her anxieties into a blog. Right. According to The Peculiar Death of Alyssa Lamb by Heather Monroe, Alyssa found comfort riding through the highs and lows on her blog, Etherfields, where she expressed disappointment in herself for relapsing into her illness. She abandoned this blog, though, in favor of her Tumblr account, where she continued to write about her struggles with her depression and things associated with her bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, though. I didn't look into her Tumblr account or into the blog because I honestly just did not want to go down that way wormhole because I knew if I opened up her blog I would be lost inside of her world and I just really wasn't ready to handle Mm -hmm. all that went into that I feel Mm -hmm. like that could be pretty heavy oh it definitely could today's not the today wasn't the day right this week wasn't the week right so maybe she was beginning to enter some sort of like manic state of mind and her odd behavior could have been explained by her bipolar disorder going unchecked it could have I mean Again, just so many we don't knows. So regardless, we know at this point that something is up, and her family realizes it too, when on January 31st, they receive zero phone calls from her. Oh, so she'd been pretty good up until that point about calling home. Yeah, so up until that point, we know that she had been consistently calling home every day because, I mean, I feel like she promised she had to beg to go on this, so I think she would make that a priority. Right, and And that's been nearly a week. Yeah. five days she'd called, 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 called called and then she just doesn't call and so I know in their minds they're thinking that something is up and they quickly call the LAPD to report her as missing well that's good so at least we're getting law enforcement involved quickly right yeah time is everything so LAPD do search the property of the hotel where she's staying but Allison the weird thing is and maybe it's not weird but I think it is they don't have search warrants So, sadly, they can just search the property, but they never can go into rooms. Is that true of other missing persons? I don't know, because we haven't, we've just kind of covered, like, how law enforcement got involved. I don't know the specifics about I'm not, honestly, 100% sure, and I don't even remember, like, where exactly I read that. I just know I saw that in a lot of the research that I did. So I feel like they wouldn't be able to find much of anything if they can't even go into well, they, that's a room. The, well, that's the thing. They don't find anything. They literally find nothing in this search. Hmm. The only thing police are able to find is a video of Alyssa entering and leaving an elevator in the hotel. According to Global News, the video was released to the public on February the 14th. 
Now, I love me some creepy stuff. Right. Obviously. Yeah. We do this podcast. Clearly. (laughs) I like when things give me goosebumps. I like when things kind of freak me out. But this one was different. This one was like an eerie freak out. And I'm not going to lie, I actually had to stop researching the first day that I started because this video creeped me out that much. So it's kind of like when we did our Die Out Love Pass episodes and Maggie had to stay at school. So scary. (laughs) And she, the next day, she was like, I had to call my mom to my room because I was sitting by myself. I was here until like 9 o'clock because we had a ball game and I coach. And so I was so scared. And like, I, and it's scary in a school if you've never been there when all the lights are off and all that's on is the red emergency exit signs. (laughs) And I was like... Mom, I'm <laughs> walking to the car. Yeah. So this was the same thing or even worse? A different kind of worse. Okay. So I know that all of our listeners have to be thinking that they caught a kidnapping on camera or a stabbing, but no, this video is nothing like what you would expect. Instead of a struggle, you see Alyssa calmly enter the hotel elevator. And as if under some sort of a trance, she slowly starts pressing each individual button for every floor in the hotel. The slow part, I think, is what's creepy. I mean, it's like she leans in and is like three inches away (laughs) from the buttons and like, like a machine presses the buttons. So, one, that's weird. Yes. But it even gets weirder from there. Okay. So, after she pushes all the buttons, she slowly starts to poke her head in and out of the elevator. <laughs> Wait, in and out? Like yeah. she's like, like she's trying to peek around to see if anything's coming. So, the elevator doors never have the chance to close. So, she's just like shuffling out a little and then coming back in. And at one point... It looks like she's hiding in the corner, like where the buttons are, so that she couldn't be seen. But then she goes out into the hall, and then it looks like she's talking to someone, and she's super animated, but we can't see who she's talking to. And then she just walks away. Okay, so there's multiple things about this that are creeping me out. So number one, if you were scared of somebody, logically... Oh, I'm pushing the elevator door closed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so I wouldn't be, like, peeking my head out, pulling it back in, hiding in the corner, peeking out, coming back in. And then second, you said animated. Animated, like, what do you mean? If you are trying very hard to get your point across to somebody and your hands are, like, just doing all kinds of different motions, like you're talking with your hands is what people would call it. That's what she looked like she was doing, except... No one's there that we can see. So she could be talking to herself, or there could be somebody who's aware that there's a camera in the elevator. Maybe. Or maybe she's talking to something that's there, but we can't see it. Ooh. Okay. So the video's weird. And we are going to post our reactions to watching the video 
Because I need to see the video. Yes, because Allison is just going off my descriptions right now. And I know every week that we say, I really wish that you guys could see our faces. So <laughs> we've made your dreams come true. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. And we have a YouTube channel now. And we are going to post Allison's reactions to this video as our very first video on our YouTube channel. And we're also going to post the original video on our Facebook page. So that's it. That's the last that we see her. So this video of her acting super weird on the elevator and poof. Yeah. Oh, okay. For a few days, her case seems to be going nowhere. Hotel life slowly starts returning to normal. Because she could have just, for all they know, gone somewhere else. Yeah. Visited another town. Yeah, just missed her checkout day, maybe. Or, you know, forgot to check out. Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So, life is going back to normal at the Cecil Hotel. That is, until odd complaints start coming in from hotel guests. Okay. Guests start calling the front desk, complaining that the water pressure is low. Again, that's pretty common in a lot of hotels, I feel like. Yeah, because you could have a lot of people showering at the same time. Right. But then they start calling in that the water tastes odd. Again, hmm. okay, not to sound like pinky up, but <laughs> I can tell a distinct difference between sink water and, like, Nestle Pure Life. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe these people just had well-developed taste buds. <laughs> I don't like, know. This does not taste. Yeah. Like. This is not Nestle. <laughs> but then more complaints come in because the water has started turning black. Okay, now that's gross. Like, I wouldn't want to wash my hands, brush my teeth, anything. (laughs) So I'd be calling about that. Well, more and more complaints roll in because people, you're paying to stay there and you're not paying for black water. No. So finally, the hotel staff decides maybe we should go check out the water tanks. And they go up onto the roof on February 19th. So this is five days after the last time that she called her parents? No, the video was released on Valentine's Day. Okay. But she hadn't had contact with her family since the end of January. So we're, we've almost been three weeks. Okay, since anyone has seen her. Yeah. So it is on that day, Allison, that one hotel worker makes a disturbing discovery. According to the unsolved mystery behind the disturbing death of Alyssa Lamb, two weeks after the video was published by authorities... A maintenance worker. Oh no. Mr. Lopez took the elevator to the 15th floor of the hotel to check into the water complaints. Once he arrived on the 15th floor, he had to walk up a staircase to the roof. Okay. Then he had to turn off the roof alarm and climb up onto a platform where the hotel's four water tanks were located. That's and a, sounds like a lot of water tanks. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> You're like, that's a lot of exercise. Yeah. Check this out. And from other articles I read, there was no easy way to get to the water tanks. Okay. So, like, I'm picturing in my mind he's having to, like, put a ladder up so he right. can get up there. Okay. So, it is here he notices something odd. Hmm. Something disturbing. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> 
So in that same article, he is quoted in saying, I noticed the hatch of the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman laying face up in the water approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank. Oh, no. So, as I'm sure we can infer, the Asian woman was Alyssa Lamb floating naked in the hotel water tank. Okay, okay. So, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Number one, she's naked. Yes. Are there any other, do we know, did you see in any reports if there are any other cameras in this hotel, or is there just the one we know of in the elevator? The only video that I know of that was ever released was the elevator video. I would think somebody in this hotel... Well, you're in L.A., where, like, what, security right. cameras should be on every hotel building. Right. And if this is a shared... These have shared hotel rooms, right? So there's yeah. multiple people. I would have thought somebody would be like, oh, there's a naked lady coming down the hallway, unless she <laughs> stripped on the roof, in which case, I would think he would have seen her clothes. And then, if there's a rooftop alarm, now my brain is like... It's, I, it's everywhere. Exploding. Yeah. Because yeah, how the heck would she get up there if she doesn't know the rooftop code? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, no. We will get there. Okay. So, some reports I did read that her clothes were inside the tank with her, just not on her. Okay. Which, again, weird. odd. <laughs> She's like, here's the new hotel swimming pool. Yeah, like, I don't know. down and dive in. in. Welcome. <laughs> According to a statement by the chief of the L.A. Fire Department, the tank where she was found actually had to be completely drained and then they had to cut open the side of the tank to remove her five foot four frame. That seems extreme. I also kind of thought small. that. Yeah, but all articles I read said the exact same information. This makes me feel like the opening to the tank would have to be tiny. tiny. In which case, I'm not going down in that thing. No. Like, even if it were a swimming pool, but the only way in and out is this tiny hole. No. Nope. Count me out. Nope. Not going to do it. So the question is, how did she get into the water tank? Or an even better question, which Allison, you kind of already brought up, how the heck did she even get onto the roof? Yeah, that's a big question for me. So you guys heard how much work it took for the maintenance worker to get on the roof. Now imagine trying to get onto the roof without knowing any security codes, having any keys to anything. It would be nearly impossible. You would think, like, alarms would be blaring. I saw one article that said the security system to get onto the roof was tied in with, like, an alert system at the front desk. So, so they would know. Even if somebody got the code right, they would know. Yeah. Okay, so either she's magic or she's, like, a spy. I mean, one of the two things. And we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yet somehow, Alyssa does manage to make it to the roof. Somehow, she did make it into the tank. And all of these years later, we're still asking how. We know from the coroner report that Alyssa did drown. But what many people, including her parents and me, find hard to believe is the fact that her death is ruled an accidental drowning. So it could be, like we said before, if she's like, oh, the swimming pool, and jumps in. And then, and then she, she can't, can't get, get out. out. Okay. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, there are many, many, many theories about how she got into that tank. The Reddit forums on this case are never-ending. It's like a black hole. Oh, I love them, though. I'm like, look at it. Yeah, I'm like a spy. I'm like, page page 72. (laughs) So, if only I had an infinite amount of time to read up on this case, 
I mean, we could be here days. Right. Nevertheless, I read a lot about what professionals and amateur sleuths like us, like us, and all of you guys think about what happened to her. So I'm going to explore some of those theories with you guys today. So at first there were four major theories that I wanted to talk about. And then when I kind of like dove into all the theories, there was another one and I was like, okay, I'm going to do five. (laughs) And I stopped at five. So there are five different theories I want to discuss with you today, Allison. And then I really want to know what you think. Okay. I'm ready. Bring it. So theory number one, Alyssa is simply murdered. Okay. We know that she's traveling alone. And from all of my research, we know she's been exploring L.A. alone, which I feel like is not a very good move. Yeah, not smart. The Cecil, like I mentioned before, is located in a bad part of town. You mm-hmm. don't get the nickname Skid Row right. for nothing. Right. So she wasn't exactly acting in the safest manner possible. And according to that article, again, by Heather Monroe, she did mention in her blog that she had lost her phone. Could explain why she didn't call her parents. So exactly. There we go. That's the perfect explanation for why she missed a phone call with her parents. So, but to me, the first thing I was like, okay, so not only are you traveling alone, you're also traveling without a phone. So you have no way to contact people if you needed, like to call 911 or needed help. Right. But teach their own. <laughs> to top that off. There are some reports that she was being stalked. Oh. And I saw that in one article I read that it was a hotel worker, but I never saw that verified anywhere. That was just something I've read. That's interesting because that could explain a lot, like how she got onto the roof and potentially why she was naked. And, yeah, I mean, it could explain everything that you said. So, Allison, we don't know if she was a victim of murder, but it's something we have to entertain because we don't know. Right. You can't rule anything out because you can't rule anything absolutely in. Right. Because we we literally know nothing. (laughs) So I think we can all agree that it would have been impossible for someone unfamiliar with the hotel to make it to the roof. We know there were stairs, security measures, everything like that put into place that only a hotel employee could get past. Right. I agree. So this seems a little credible to me. So, you know, thinking back to the video that we described of her on the elevator, While it does look like she sort of lost her mind, one could also argue that she's hiding. She clearly slips into that corner. She's poking her head out to see if anybody's coming up and down the hall. And to me, that's exactly what someone would do if they were trying to run away from another person. Except I feel like she would be rapidly pushing the closed door button and that that doesn't happen. I would think that too. But it could be, I mean, if... Other than the fact that it doesn't make sense that she slowly pushes buttons and keeps peeking out and back in... It might explain if somebody is off camera that she's talking to. They might know that there's a camera in the elevator. And they don't want to be seen. Right. Well, that goes on to a lot of people focus on the hand gestures when she's out in the hall, saying she looks confused and all this. But I am a super, and even right now, super animated talker, though you can't see it. I'm the same. And my hands always are moving when I'm talking, especially if I'm trying to get my point across or, like, trying to emphasize something. And I could see myself using a lot of hand gestures if I were trying to persuade someone to leave me the heck alone. I mean, that's absolutely true. I would be heated. Because even when I'm talking to myself and I'm trying to remember something... I like that you admit like, you're talking to yourself. <laughs> I totally do. When I'm in the car, I'm like, okay, today I need to do this. And I'm literally counting on my fingers at stoplights. Like, yeah. Do. So I yeah. use it, even when I'm talking to myself. So another point I would like to make 
is that once in the tank, okay, so these are tall tanks, clearly, how does she replace the lid? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because it was closed. Okay. Okay, I said before I'm not getting into a tank that has a little way in and a little way out. I'm definitely not plunging myself into complete darkness. And then screwing on the tank oh. lid so you run out of oxygen. Well, you couldn't screw it on. Right. Unless there's some gripper on, on the, inside. the inside. True. According to an article called Four Theories, what was Alyssa Lamb doing just before she died in this video? A <laughs> long title. Yes, it was. The tanks were located on cinder blocks with no easy way to get to. And I know I did mention that before. They were also protected by heavy lids that would be extremely difficult to replace within. Right. So we talked about, number one, you can't screw it. But I picture tanks... Putting your hands up on it and just like throwing it up and letting it drop and hoping it lands like on the... Like how... I mean, I guess. Or maybe it's on like a hinge. Oh, Maybe. Maybe that's it, because you couldn't screw it close. But you also aren't standing, so I feel like it would be really hard for it you really to, like, to get... reach out over. Yeah, and like I to have imagine... something to put your weight on. Yeah, because I wouldn't imagine the water would go all the way to the top. Right. So how would you get back up to close it? And it would have to be on a hinge, because if it, I picture tanks as being, like, domed. Yeah, me too. And so if you took the lid off and set, it would just slide down. Well, we're going to put a picture of this tank on our Facebook page, and you guys can let us know. I'm looking for a hinge. How you think she closed the lid, if you are a believer of theory number one. Okay. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Theory number two, she was assassinated. Mm, So spy-ish. Okay. So I actually found this theory in the same article that I quoted in theory one. Okay. And while this one seems a little far-fetched, I did think that it was worth bringing up. So this theory does get a little odd, Allison, which I feel like is per usual. Yes, this is what we like. Yeah, we talk about a lot of weird things on this podcast. If this is the first time you're tuning in to us, we talk about spontaneous levitation and ball lightning right. in the dialogue uh, past episodes. And uh, what was it? Electronic Electronic fog. fog. In the USS Cyclops episode. And today's oddity is cloaking devices. Oh, like Harry Potter. 
Like your yeah, like invisibility like cloak. cloak. Sort of. <laughs> okay. So I did not think that this was real, but I Googled it. And apparently some people do believe the military has the ability to like cloak things to become invisible. And supporters of this th- of this theory believe that Alyssa had knowledge of military cloaking devices. See, I guess in my head, when I think of, like, realistic cloaking devices, I think more of, like, kind of camouflage. So, like, if a a plane were painted with, like, a camouflage pattern, they wouldn't be able to see it. Well, this made it seem like they would be just invisible. Like something that, like Harry Potter, that you could just put over or something like that. That's that creepy to think that there could, somebody, there could be somebody in your room right now, and mm. you have, no, you have idea. no idea. So apparently, across from the Cecil was a building called the Light Agency, and I'm going to post on our Facebook page a picture that shows, like, the proximity of the hotel she was in to this Light Agency. Okay. And no one, from what I can gather, really knows what this business is or even does. But people who stand behind this theory say that the company is involved with, quote-unquote, visual effects. So, could be legitimate, but could be... Like cloaking devices, like visual effects. Okay. I know that this does sound insane, but Alyssa had conversations with military members and had posted articles about cloaking devices and cloaking technology within the military on her Facebook and Twitter account, all of which have been deleted, by the Mm. way. And this all happened before she arrived in L.A. Oh, so there could literally be, like, she could have been hired by some secret agency. She has some secret knowledge of military advanced technology and weaponry, and maybe she came to the West Coast. And then they just offer Right, because they're like, we can't have somebody sharing this information with the public. So, like you said, Allison, could her stay at the Cecil in such close proximity to this light agency be purposeful? If you're a believer of this theory, you claim that she is attempting to get away from an assailant, just like in Theory 1. But only in this theory, you think Alyssa is trying to get away from someone who is invisible you know i figure if this were it though if you can make yourself invisible couldn't you make a dead body invisible and then nobody's gonna find it oh right like that would be the perfect getaway then nobody's gonna know that you committed a murder could you run into it though like if it was invisible and but maybe if you hit it in a corner of the roof true we are not planning murder here i'm just saying (laughs) if you had this cloaking device i would think that the murderer would want to get away that's true which I guess they have because... Right, we don't know who we killed don't her. Know. We, we don't, don't even, even know, know if she, somebody she, killed her. Yeah. So this would explain how she appears to be talking, but we can't see anyone. Perhaps some would argue she wasn't hiding in the corner, but rather trying to fit into a crowded elevator, which really creeped me out. <gasps> oh! Because when she first gets into the elevator, after pushing the buttons, she goes directly to the back wall. And then she moves and kind of slides into that corner, just like you would do if you someone were else around somebody? Yes, got onto <gasps> an elevator with you. Which super I have goosebumps me out. right now. Like I literally have goosebumps. Creepy. Okay, I'm gonna look for this when we watch this video. Creepy. Oh my gosh. So when the video first starts, you know, she's pushing the elevator buttons very deliberately. And some would believe that she's following instructions. 
I know in the video that is kind of unclear. You know, you're a little, we're, you know, you're going to be a little confused. Why does mm-hmm. she keep going out to the hallway? Mm-hmm. But people think maybe she's following orders from someone we just can't see. Or maybe, just maybe, if you can believe it, her disappearance can be explained by something even weirder. I don't know what can get weirder than that. Oh, it's getting ready to get a lot weirder. Oh, no. <laughs> so basically, get your teddy bear. Like, yeah. don't be listening to this by get yourself. Ready. Theory three, Alyssa is possessed. Oh, no. I can't do this. This is what creeps me out the most. Okay, yeah. These also kind of freak me out, and I'm going to talk about that in my, like, fear level of this here in just a little oh. bit. So, this is a strange case, clearly. Yes. But this is not the only odd thing that has ever happened at the Cecil Hotel. Oh. I Like, so much so, I actually even debated on whether I wanted to focus on Alyssa Lamb or on the oddities of the Cecil Hotel. So, could be tuning in, you guys, to a future episode, possibly. On the Cecil on Hotel. On the hotel. Okay. Because it's crazy. The hotel in our story today has a long history of murders, serial killers, and suicides. Which makes me feel like the place is haunted. Or yeah, just like bad juju. Yeah. It's weird. So, just a quick online search of this hotel, I found at least 15 suicides and other deaths dating back to the 1930s. The murder of Elizabeth Short, who is one of the most famous murders that took place at this hotel. Yep, Black Dahlia. Yeah, that's her. And also, two serial killers at one point resided within this hotel. So, when you say bad place to stay, you mean bad place to stay. So, not only is the neighborhood bad, but the The building. The people beside you are bad. Right, so you could have been staying in a room with one of these people. Yeah, because you're in a shared room, so you could have been in the okay, room. Okay, you know what? Even if I was killer. okay with a hostel before? Mm-mm. Not, not now. Not anymore. So believers in this theory say that Alyssa, like so many others, was possessed and that she was pushing these buttons as a result of her possession. Okay, yeah. No, I'm already creeped out. Like, this stuff, I am telling you, I literally will, like, when I watch those movies oh, I of pray. Like, demon possessions, the whole way back, I'm like, dear Lord, please let no spirit just take control my of soul. my mind, my body. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, please No, I'm me there safe. with you. Honestly, possessions really freak me out. Me and too. just in general, I try to avoid topics like possession because I believe that there are angels. So I feel like if I believe there are people or beings doing good in the world, there has to also be beings doing spiritual damage in the world in the form of demons. And so the fact that this could be real just creeps me out. And we talked about that in the Dialogue yeah. episode, too. But you're right. I mean, you have to admit if you believe in one, there has to be the possibility of the other. Right. And it's creepy. This is why I would never... You could not pay me a million dollars to touch an Ouija board? No. Nope. Oh, no. I was at a sleepover nope. once in, like, third grade, mm-hmm. and they pulled out a Ouija board. Nope. It was, like, 3 o'clock I mean, in the like, morning. I mean, like, Mom, come get me. Oh, I was. I was like, yeah. Mom, yeah. I'm going to need you to come get me. Even, like, yeah. Light as a Feather, mm-hmm. Sip as a Board? No. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> so, obviously, we do believe in this stuff because yeah. I want to avoid it at all costs. Yeah, we're, like, <laughs> negative. So, residents of the hotel have claimed, and this is weird, to feel as if they're being choked by thin air. 
there was even a story that one woman died. What? Died as a result of being choked to death. But her killer was never found. Like, they couldn't find any evidence of anything, but she died from being choked to death. Okay, that's scary. So, maybe a ghost killed Alyssa. Maybe she was possessed and killed herself. Wow. So, like, yeah, if you're possessed, I mean, maybe, and maybe that would be like some sort of like inhuman strength, too. Oh, yeah. Right? I didn't even think of that to be able to do with the lid. Right. Well, the fourth theory of her death is a little more realistic. Okay. This theory says that she committed suicide of her own accord. Okay. Which is back to more realistic possibilities. Mm -hmm. Since Alyssa's death was ruled a quote-unquote accidental drowning, this theory does play along with reports that were given by both the police and the coroner. We know that she was suffering from bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And they did do a toxicology report, and there are so many sources that go into detail about her toxicology report that, again, I could have spent hours. But just in short, from what I found, it seemed that her toxicology report showed that she was taking her medicine, but taking it sporadically. And there wasn't really anything in her toxicology report that was, like, bad. You know, she wasn't, like, on cocaine or anything. It was just she wasn't regularly taking her her bipolar disorder Which means, medicine. like, medication can't really work to its full effect if you're not taking it regularly. Exactly. So maybe she had some sort of mental break. Maybe the stresses of college and the battle with mental illness became too much. Maybe she felt the only way she could truly let her brain relax was to take herself out of this world. Again, Allison, I keep going back, though, to those security measures that were put in place around the hotel and how hard it would have been for her to get into the tank Take her clothes off while in the tank and close the lid on herself. Right, I agree. And I feel like I don't I don't know if this is true, I don't know the statistics on it, but I feel like if someone were gonna commit suicide, I feel like a lot of times when you read those stories you hear about like a letter left behind to loved ones or some sort of yeah. contact. And the fact that her parents had no clue. I mean, I'm pretty good at, like, sensing when my child is, has had an off day. Because I'll literally look at her. And, and I'm, I can tell. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she'll just start, you know, telling me about her day or whatever it is. So I feel like her parents would have sensed something. Yeah, and not let her travel alone if they felt that she was in danger of right. something. I just feel like there are too many inconsistencies for that to be a plausible explanation. I agree. That's just me. But, of course, we always say boo to normal. Yeah, no. So, So the fifth and final theory, the one that I was kind of, like, hesitant about including, but then I said, what the heck, I'm going to include it. What the heck? Okay. Is tuberculosis. I thought we didn't have cases of tuberculosis Okay, I thought that was true, too. But then, you know, I guess people stopped vaccinating their kids. Sorry if that's you. And we... I mean, I guess it's making, maybe making a comeback. I don't know. I know, like, in Kentucky, it was really bad because we have a lot of cave systems in Kentucky, and those, they used to transform those into... Oh, I went. Hospitals. Yeah. Mammoth Cave. Yeah, I toured Mammoth Cave Mm -hmm. on there. You need to go, listeners. Yes. And I did their lantern lit tour, and they take you to the hospital Mm -hmm. where TB lives. But I asked my mother-in-law, who's a nurse practitioner, and she said it would not have survived that long. So we're fine. Oh, right. We won't get it. Yeah. We won't come down with it. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I was vaccinated. Okay. Right. But, yeah, I mean, 
I guess it is still around. And like I said, I wasn't even going to mention this theory because I felt like four was a good number. But when I saw how coincidental some of the issues were surrounding this theory, I knew I had to talk about it. Like what coincidences? You just wait. Okay. So I saw in several articles that there was a TB outbreak in Los Angeles around the time of her death. Oh. And so I did start doing some research and I found a bunch of different things. Allison, did you know that the test that L.A. used, and, I, like, I didn't go so far into this to know if this is, like, a standard test that people use, is called, and it's literally spelled in all capital letters, L-A-M-E-L-I-S-A. Okay, I'm freaking out. Okay, so this test for TB yes. is literally called LAM. Alyssa. Yes. Okay, that's too... That uh, You can't even call that coincidence. Like, that's too creepy. Yeah, it's weird. I googled this because it's weird, mm-hmm. but the test has been around for some time. But really, though? Right. Really? I probably wouldn't name my kid after, you know, some sort of, like, vaccination. True. I didn't mention this earlier, but Alyssa's real name was actually Lam Ho Yi. Okay. And she was called Alyssa. Okay. So I have I have some students who go by different names than their birth names. Right, but is it a coincidence that her name was changed to the exact same name that the tuberculosis test? But who would have changed her name? Well that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, could it have been the government? Could it have been, I mean, just coincidence? Was this an outbreak that was already there before she got there? Or did it start after she was there? It was like right at the same time. Because that makes me think, you know, we talk about like viral warfare, like using viruses against other countries. If she was involved in some sort of like secret group, could they have named her that because she was supposed to come and spread the disease? Like, she's like, oh, what is it they call it if you're the first person? It's like patient zero or oh, something yeah. like that. Like, if she's the one who's supposed to spread it? I mean, conspiracy theories abound about these connections, and some people would agree with you. And part of me agrees with them. Like, it's just too weird. We've all been lost in the wormhole of internet looking up cases just like this one, the bizarre, the unexplained. Why else would you all be listening to a true crime podcast? Why would we be writing episodes about true crime and crazy and bizarre things? This case is one of those that can take you down a lot of different paths. And it was in that wormhole that I found the TB theory Mm -hmm. and the connection to the name of the test. Yeah, so this is just one of those, you can find a bunch that are like this and just go down into that rabbit hole and just get stuck. Yeah, you'd be lost. So, Allison, I did not know this, but did you know that TB can cause hallucinations? I did not know that. Didn't either, but Google says it can. (laughs) Google saved you, right? Yeah. Gave you some info. So... A lot of people use that Mm -hmm. to explain her behavior in the elevator. Right. How, like, manic she was acting and kind of just, like, loopy. You know? So it might not have even been her bipolar disorder, especially because I would think if they found any sort of trace of medication in her system, that would mean she had taken it fairly recently. Right. So it could be something else that's causing hallucinations. So, you know, was she just a victim? 
and mm. she caught TB and she was having this hallucination and somehow ended up on the roof in the tank or even still could it be something crazier than that I don't know what could be crazier than all these theories <laughs> so some people speculate that Alyssa was used to boost TB vaccination cells I feel like that's a little morbid you know, I and you know too. me. You know I trust the government. Right. And so I'm just like, they would never do that. Right. But a lot of people believe in that, that that, that is why what happened. Because where was she found? In the water tank. Okay, well, let me ask you this. How does How is TB spread? Is it spread through, like, ingestion or... Well, I looked that up, too, and... Her body had been in there for three, almost three weeks. Wow. So it had decomposed a lot. Yes. And according to an article I read, this would have been the perfect incubation time for TB to be transmitted through the hotel guest digesting water. Oh. So another coincidence. Yeah. So Mm. if she was indeed infected with TB, those at the hotel could also have been infected. Hmm. So was this some type of government ploy on the behalf of the United States, on the behalf of where she's originally from, like you said? Canada? But I really wouldn't suspect Canada. I love Canada. I know. Like, I wouldn't think that they They seem pretty go with the flow. Right. I would never really expect... Pretty cool neighbors. Yeah. (laughs) Canada, Like, I would never really expect a, like, deadly outbreak warfare from Canadians. I wouldn't either. So, there are those, though, that say this was a government ploy. Hmm. So, Allison, I feel like I've given you and the listeners a lot of information. So, yes. what do you think happened? Whew. This is a hard one for me, but I keep going back to, and I know you mentioned it several times, the fact that Mr. Lopez, the hotel worker, had to know to go to the 15th yes. floor to then get up to the roof... Do the code. Do the code, which the front desk would be aware of. Yes. Then had to be able to get this heavy lid off of the water tank. Yes. And somehow replace the lid that this was not of her own accord. Like, this is not, I do not believe that this was suicide. I don't either. I've ruled out the suicide. I have a hard time believing the cloaking device. It's creepy, but I just have... Again, I trust the government. Right. Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that one. And, I mean, she could have been possessed and therefore had that inhuman strength that we talked about, but it doesn't explain knowing the code. And I would think if you don't even know the code, you're not even getting into the door. But if she was possessed, maybe the demon knows the code. I mean, that's super creepy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, that did not go through my head, but now it is. You're now right. it is. Um, so I think I would say that someone in the hotel was stalking her. I think that now she could, it could be a combination of things, like with the hallucinations. She could have been, and maybe the hotel worker had noted that she was acting erratically because the guest had said she was acting odd and saw her as an easy target, as sad as that sounds. And it's almost like the way you described it, it's almost like she's playing hide and seek with someone. Yeah, it's weird. And so if that is the case and this worker, right, is doing something like that with her, kind of playing on 
either her disorder or hallucinations, even if she had TB, right? And, and those t- those could be true, um, that when she's kind of standing off to the side, like making the hand gestures, an, a hotel employee would know where, that there's a camera in the elevator, I would think. Yeah, and you only see like part of her body in the video. And a hotel worker, I would also think, would know how to get her up there without other people knowing. Yeah, without tripping any alarms. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me think that theory number one. Yeah, I go with that one as well. And I think it just makes the most logical sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we're always one to be like aliens right. or the Yeti. Spontaneous levitation. Yeah. But I really do think number one yeah. makes the most sense. I think sense. so. So you guys let us know what you think on yeah, our Facebook page. We would love to hear Because we would love to hear your theory. Like so many of the cases we give you, we don't have any answers. Sadly, after all these years, we still don't know what happened to Alyssa. We're left with a video that brings more questions than answers. Was she suffering from a mental break? Was she possessed? Was she sick? There are so many theories about what could have happened to her, but those are just theories and we need answers. Alyssa was a tourist. There must have been people out there that saw her, talked to her. After all of these years, only one single bookstore clerk has come forward saying that they saw her in the days before her death. There has to be more. Year after year, her family is left with heartbreak as their daughter's death still goes unexplained. We've all been there before. We've all needed a break from the world to disconnect, to relax, to unwind. How many trips have we all taken to just get away? We like to think it will never be me, not my trip. But who's to say it couldn't be us? If the cases we talk about each week teach us nothing else, they at least teach us that danger, death, and destiny wait for all of us in every shadowy corner and every alleyway. Just as Alyssa thought nothing would happen to her, so many of us go on about our lives thinking the exact same thing. We ignore that voice in the back of our mind telling us that something's wrong. We go on about our business. We walk down that seemingly empty street alone. We take the bus to that part of town even though we know we shouldn't. We dismiss that voice telling us to check over our shoulders, to run, to hide. Could Alyssa still be with us today if she had heeded those warnings? Or like so many others speculate, were there voices talking to her that caused her demise? We rely on that inner voice to keep us safe, but we can't always trust that little voice in the back of our head. Maybe that voice saying run when you feel scared is actually telling you to run right in to your own questionable end. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to coffeeandcasespodcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you you next week. week.
bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 